Welcome to Performance Anxiety. Thank you for listening. This week, we're joined by Kirk Witt, Keegan Ferrari, and Matt Valerino of Four Stroke Baron. I'm really excited about these guys because they sound like two of my favorite bands combined. But I'm not going to tell you. You have to listen to find out who that is. They tell me about how they discovered their unique sound and what happened when they contacted Jorgen Monkeby of Shining about doing a sax solo for them. How did Keegan almost get left behind in Poland? And what exactly is a four-stroke baron? They've got some really cool new music in the works, including a cover EP. Follow them on social media to get all that news. Follow us at Performance Annex on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. And let's get things moving with Four Stroke Baron. Let's just make it really Dude, awkward. It's like a weird, weird awkward. Joke. Yes. Let's just make let's it all really say it at the same time. Let's that's all just We are Four Stroke Baron. Or what if we just keep talking over each other? This is. Well, no. Okay, well. This is. Well, we're for sure. Um, um, well, yeah. You guys are embarrassing me now. Yeah. Okay. So let's just figure our shit out. It's we four are four strokes. We're four stroke. Baron. Wait, we're going to alternate? And I have anxiety. Is that, was that right? <laughs> performance, for, performance, oh, performance anxiety. I have shit. performance anxiety. Performance anxiety. That's <laughs> my lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. Wait, we're and this is performance anxiety. Woo! Yeah. Hey. Beautiful. We'll say at the same time. Do like a few different takes. No, I think that was it. Was that it? I think that's good. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Awesome. Awesome. Man, hey, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I'm really thrilled to have you guys on. You, the, the band Four Stroke Baron is like, you're one of my, my favorite discoveries of this year. And I know the, the album came out last year or yeah, 2018. I just found you guys found out about you guys like six months ago or so. And, uh, I'm just, I've been listening to the album constantly. Uh, planet silver. Appreciate that, yeah, it's awesome. It is a really wild album. It is like nothing I've ever heard, but before I get too deep in the weeds on that, I want to know a little bit more about you guys. Um, okay. so you guys are from Reno. Yes. Yeah. Is that you born and raised down out there or you transplants? Most, uh, I was, yeah, I was born and raised in Reno. Uh, we, all of us have lived here most of our lives. I know mm-hmm. Keegan, Keegan and Matt were both born, believe in California. Yep. Okay. So but, what, uh, I've been here since I was 10. I think Matt's been here for even maybe earlier than that. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you guys, you've been there most of your lives at least. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And has music always been a big part of your life? Is it, uh, I mean, were you playing instruments as kids in, in school bands and all? How did, how did that get started? I was a tromboner in sixth grade, but that was uh, the extent of my like <laughs> elementary school kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I like, so I personally like played guitar, I think since I was like 13 or so. Pretty extensive guitar. And then this band switched to bass and stuff like that. And I think my first band, I was technically a bass player, but uh yeah, I've been playing something uh, since then, but I've been like a big fan of music ever since I was like six or so, give or take. Yeah, and I uh, I started playing guitar when I was eight. Oh, wow. And it didn't come from a musical family or anything. Okay. Like, my parents both listen to music, so like, uh, <laughs> That's about the we extent always, of it. Yeah, and <laughs> that, that was pretty much it. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't until I was like maybe like 15, I started uh, 
actually recording stuff in a, I didn't really play in many bands. I okay. just kind of wrote stuff and recorded in a, just they've done that pretty much all the time since I was 15. And then I met Matt. I started jamming with Matt in a 2010. We just jammed for a while, not recording anything. And then, uh, after a few years, we just decided to, uh, uh, record the EP and just right. on a whim, we title it four stroke Baron. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we had a cameo there too. So yeah, yeah there was Matt. <laughs> he's, uh, he's busy doing stuff right now, so he can join us for the whole thing. But I was say, he, he's decided not to join us, but that's, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. So getting, <laughs> getting the majority of the band on is a rarity for me on these shows anyway. So this is, yeah, this is yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so what were you guys listening to? What, what are your influences as far as, um, you know, when you're kids? I mean, not necessarily what influenced the albums themselves, but what were you guys listening to? What did you grow up on? Uh, I grew up on, like when I was little, I remember my first musical memory, I listened to Billy Idol a lot. Ah, and then, yeah. uh, I had my, one of my best friends, uh, he had a few older brothers, and they would always listen to uh, like Metallica, Pantera, Sepultura. So I started listening to metal when I was maybe like eight and I was really into Marilyn Manson when he was big with Antichrist Superstar. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I, like my metal tastes kind of, I don't know, matured with age and like in high school, just listened to a lot of, uh, like thrash kind of stuff. And, oh, really? Uh, and then as I started playing more guitar, got into guitar music, all the usual suspects that people get into. And then, uh, that kind of turned into progressive metal. Okay. And then now it's just a little bit of a little bit of everything. I don't really stick to one genre. Okay. Keegan, what about you, man? What, what were you listening to? Uh, for me? So my dad was a big classic rock guy. So like my first, the first album he ever bought me was a uh, Montrose, their first album. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. That's the one so with, with uh, Hagar. Yeah, exactly. So okay. yeah, it's him and Hagar, uh, like bad motor scooter and all that yeah. space station number five. Uh, like OG stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, so then I kind of got into like, I was really taken with guitar. So like the first album I bought for myself was Joe Satriani, the extremist. Oh. I just got really into that. Yeah. Uh, like Satch was always a fave. And then I got really into Frank Zappa. Like all, most of my like middle school and early high school experience was almost entirely Frank Zappa. Wow. That's, that's uh, pretty, uh, that's pretty deep for a high school kid. It was some weird stuff, man. <laughs> like it was, uh, and, uh, not too many people, vibed with it like I did. So it was like really just my thing. But then, uh, like I was like being like heavily influenced by guitar, liking guitar. I got into a lot of the metal stuff, of course, but I kind of went the cheesy power metal route. So like I was a big fan of Sonata Arctica, uh -huh. Camelot, Nightwish, stuff like oh, that. Dude, I love Camelot. Uh, Camelot. Yeah. I got it. Amazing. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I'm a con, I'm a con fan boy. So I miss, uh, I miss him, but, uh, you know, the, the new stuff's obviously great too. Not, oh yeah. Uh, not yeah, the con was the best. All right, so I've got a little Satch story for you. And this is about as close as I get to Joe Satriani. So I lived in New, I lived in New Jersey. And uh, this was probably mid-90s or so. I worked with this lady. I, when I was in high school, I worked at a movie theater. And one of the employees there, uh, name was Sue. Well, her husband used to jam with Satch. They, he lived out on Long Island. Oh, shit. They grew up out on, on Long Island. Yeah, he, so he jammed with Satch. So, uh, it's, in fact, it was before Satch started the squares and all of that. This, this is... Oh, that's like, early on, yeah. Yeah, this, this is... Um, he just started giving lessons and all. And So, the guy's name is John Riccio. 
I was kind of stout starting guitar. I, I never really, mm-hmm. I love playing guitar. I'm not good at it. I've, you know, taken like six months worth of lessons and I like, just like to make a lot of noise on it. And mm-hmm. so I, I had a, I had a guitar that was kind of crappy and I was like, I want a better guitar. So my buddy had said, Hey, Sue's husband is, is selling one. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So I went to go take a look at it and it was like a little Mexican strat. I still have it. It's nice. I like it. It's like this lipstick sure, yeah. red, though. So, so uh, but I played really well, and it was the price was like two hundred bucks or something. I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. So I buy it. and I'm playing it, and then uh, Sue reaches out. And she's like, "You want to hear a weird story?" I'm like, yeah, sure. So John sold you that guitar, and kind of felt bad about it. Coincidentally, sat Joe Joe. Uh, called him up one day and said how how's it going you know just kind of chatting and uh he's like yeah i just sold this guitar he's like i'm kind of regretting it he kind of i kind of liked it it's like played really well i liked it a lot so two weeks later there's a crate on their front door joe had sent him a a signature series ibanez to replace the guitar that i bought off of him. Holy shit. <laughs> so. I think you deserve a free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, you should have given, yeah, trade him back. Yeah. I just trade it back. Damn. Why did, where were you like 20 years ago? <laughs> Damn. So that's, that's my, my sad story. That's as close as I can. I'm probably ever going to get on this show to Saturnality. So I have, I have a pretty decent one too, actually. My, so my dad was obviously a Satch fan as well and stuff like that. And, uh, we were supposed to go see him together. And I think there was, I don't remember exactly what happened, but like I ended up not going to the show that he went, went to, but he sent me his backstage pass and I sort of like forged the number. So like I could also go backstage after the show. (laughs) So I, so my dad, I talked to my dad after he sees his show and, uh, he's like, yeah, like it was really cool to meet him. I, I, but the one thing, uh, I felt really bad about, I went to shake his hand afterwards and I didn't really think I was giving him a, I wasn't trying to impress the guy. I was just giving him like a firm handshake, something like that. Yeah. And Joe starts going like, shake his hand like, oh, wow. Whoa, <laughs> man, that, that, you've got quite a grip. Oh, and he man. starts like, kind of like rubbing his hand, all this stuff. And so my dad was like, I felt pretty bad. Like I didn't, like obviously didn't intend to do it. So I see the show two days later in Reno. And uh, so this guy comes out before Joe comes and meets everybody. And he says, hey, like, thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, Joe's really excited to meet all you guys. Just like some things before, you know, we start, uh, you know, Joe's hands are very tender after playing Joe. So please don't squeeze his hand too hard. And so I had to call my dad later. I'm like, dude, dad, you scarred Joseph Johnny for life. Like, he has to have a fucking disclaimer now. at his meet and greets because of you. That is awesome. Oh, my. Okay. That that stirred up a memory here for you. And this isn't sex. This is Vi. All right, so if you like Satch, you probably like Vi. Oh, yeah. All right, so um, I guess it was, I think, 2004 or so, he came out with that Real Illusions album, the first one. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So he was touring on it. I lived in Alabama at the time. And he, he was playing in Birmingham, which is like three hours away from where I lived. Mm-hmm. My wife loved the album. She, she's a fan also. We drove up. Uh, we had three kids. It's 2004. No, two kids. I don't know. We had two or three kids. I don't know. And, <laughs> However many kids. Yeah, we, yeah. it was somewhere around, in, somewhere between the second and third. I don't know. Maybe we, we may have had the third. But So we drove up the three hours to go, to go see him. And in fact, now I remember, yeah, it was after the third one was born because all three of them spent the night at my mother-in-law's. Mm-hmm. So we drove up three hours to see the show. And um, it was in a, 
a little theater in a the second floor of some like warehouse in Birmingham. It's really wild. Some um, I don't remember what the theater's name was, but it was a really it was a kind of a small venue for Vi. I, I thought it was really yeah, it was really cool. So we got a great we got a great spot on the floor. You know, it's all standing room only. And uh, after the show, we went downstairs and uh, they're, they're ushering everybody out. And my wife's like, hey, let's try to meet him. Okay, <clears throat> sure. So she goes up to the head security guy, older, older guy. And she's like, and this is, it was right around the, my birthday. So uh, my wife had got me the tickets for my birthday. She, she walks up to him and she goes, hey, I, this is, I know this is kind of unusual. It's my husband's birthday. He's a huge fan. Is there any way we can go and meet Steve? <clears throat> and the guy's. He's like, she's like, we, you know, we drove three hours up from South Alabama to see the show. Is there any way we can do this? So the guy sits for a second and he's like, all right. He's like, just go downstairs with everybody else. Just wait for me. Wait a few minutes for me. And I'll come downstairs. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, this is bullshit. We're never going to see this guy ever again. <laughs> we go downstairs and people start to file out. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, hey, hey. Oh, and he's, he's here. All right. So we walk over and he's like, all right, follow me. So he takes us down to the basement. And we start following him through all these little labyrinths uh, into the, the locker room area. So he's like, right. tap, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he's, <laughs> he's like, all right, just stay here by the showers. He's going to come out. He's, he's going to you know, take a shower and then he's going to head out. So just hang out here and you'll, you'll meet him. So we're hanging out there for a little while. And some guy walks by in a King's X tour shirt. I'm like a tour manager jacket or something. I'm like, hey, King's X. Awesome band. I love him. He's like, Yeah. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> um, we're waiting for uh, Va- it's for Steve. He's like, oh, he's not coming through this way. He's all the way on the other side. He's out by the buses already. Where the hell's that? He's like, oh, that's like way on the other side of the building. Oh, shit. Suddenly, the security guy comes back. He's like, hey, I noticed you guys didn't have anything for him to sign. So I grabbed a couple posters and a Sharpie. Here you go. I'm like, that dude, that's awesome. But he's not coming this way. He's out on the other side of the building. He's like, follow me. And he's just running. He's like, we, and we, we take all these little shortcuts. We, he opened up the store. And he goes, he'll be right over there. We pop out like right in front of the tour buses. Oh, so, God. so we go out there and Steve's signing all these things. He's, everybody's got this big stack of stuff for him to sign. And he's like, all right, everybody, like I'm signing like three things a person. And that's it. Because I don't want all this stuff to end up on eBay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He goes that. We, we work our way up to the, this crowd and all, we're like two or three people from him. And he's like, all right, guys, that's it. I got to go. Thank you very much. Like, Son of a bitch. This is just uh, not going to happen. Like, my wife's like, oh, hell no. It's happening. Steve's walking towards the bus. My wife runs and just grabs him by the shoulder and like pulls him around, spins him around. She's like, Mr. Vi. He's like, he looks at him like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, I'm a huge fan. My, my husband's a huge fan. She's like, this is the first concert I've ever seen. We just wanted to come and, and say hi and tell you how awesome it was. And he literally stopped walking. He said, this is the first concert you've ever seen? She's like, yeah, we drove three hours up to see you. And, you know, we're, we're, we're heading back right up. And this is like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. She's like, now we're driving back after the show. And she's like, so, you know, I just really want, it's my husband's birthday. We really want to see you. And he's like, out of every show, you chose my show to see for your first show? Like, yeah, yeah. So he sat there and he started shaking her hand. He's like, thank you. He gave her a hug. Thank you so much for coming. Every- Did you enjoy it? Every- He's like, you got anything you want me to sign? I'm like, So I've got this like Steve Vai signed poster now. And, cause, all because my wife ran him down. 
<laughs> so she's oh, she's awesome. So I made this show all about me now. So let's go back to you guys. So <laughs> we're going on tangents. Good. <laughs> so you guys, when did you guys meet? How did you meet and start playing music together? Uh, so I met Matt uh, just through Craigslist, and was, nobody uh, got murdered. Yeah, no, it was the first and only good Craigslist experience I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, ever. yeah. And uh, I'm grabbing a beer. Hold on. Yeah, I started jamming with him because I I was in this hip hop band. Didn't didn't really play much of an active role beyond like just kind of like strumming, kind of some funk guitar stuff. Uh, yeah, there's Matt by the way. <laughs> and, uh, just kind of strumming some uh, stuff. Wasn't like huge on writing in that band. When that band ended, I started looking for people to jam with. Like I, most people on Craigslist are just awful. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, and, and Matt's picture, and he had this huge drum set. <laughs> that sounds like my house. Yep, got dogs and a doorbell. Oh, that's definitely my house. Deliveries. Oh yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I'll have to edit this. Out. Actually, this would be a good time for me to take a pee for yeah. a pee break. Go ahead, we'll man. Right Go ahead. Yeah. I'll just keep on talking with Keegan. All right. So, uh, this, so this is how this show goes. It's, it's a very casual show. So it's all good. All right. So now, how did you meet up with these guys? We'll go back to Kirk in a minute. But how did you get meet up sure. with these guys? So I went to high school with Kirk. Um, okay. So we, I was a year younger than him, like a year, um, and we always kind of like, I think the way we've described it, we always kind of knew of each other as like guitar guys, yeah. but uh, we we weren't like really friends at the time, stuff like that. But we, uh, we always kind of like, we we're Facebook friends and like, it seemed like once a year we would get together and jam. We'd like attempt to do something. Okay. Um, but we, uh, we became friends later through, uh, I don't know exactly how we started meeting up. Like it was just this kind of like weird coincidence that we all became part of this big friend group. And, um, we, so they, uh, Matt and Kirk had been jamming together with another, uh, bass player. And after a while, uh, there were some kind of personal things going on and, and they kind of, the way they faced it to me was basically, uh, yeah, the, our bass player just stopped showing up. If you want to jam with us, like that would be cool. Wow. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not in a band or anything like right now. And I, uh, it'd be nice to have some sort of musical thing going on. Uh, and it was, it was very casual when I joined, it was very much like, uh, I, like you were three dudes that jam in a warehouse uh, and like twice a week. And it's just for fun. Like we might play a show maybe we, uh, but probably not, but probably not. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of the way that we sort of thought about it. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of, it was kind of crazy. Cause like eight months after I had joined, it was like right after I had learned all the songs, that was when we got approached by prosthetic. And so all of a sudden this very casual thing became not casual at all. It's suddenly kind of kind serious. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I'm back. All right. Kirk is back. So, so, yeah. Did the sound of the band change much when Keegan joined? Uh, not, not really. Uh, it's, Matt and I still do most of the writing. And then Keegan comes in. Like, Keegan's there. He like, gives his input. So there's, like, I guess another opinion, but it's not, like, a huge impact on the sound. It's still mm -hmm. mostly, like, kind of the way it goes is all, like, jam at home, write riffs, and I like, record little ideas. Okay. Little mini songs, and then uh, kind of show them to Matt or write them with Matt. But he doesn't sit there and like Matt doesn't play guitar or anything, so he doesn't like jam along with me. Okay. Kind of gives input, and then uh, then Tap we on a table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he'll just like, and then uh, and then Keegan comes in, and we just kind of pick it apart. 
So okay, nothing, so you, nothing too drastic. So you got to try to like shoot after, holes in it. As I say, I came in after um, the first EP in King Radio. Oh, okay, so those okay. are those were already basically entirely Kirk and Matt. So they had established the rhythm and the groove and everything. So my first like contribution to the band was with Planet Silver Screen. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like he can only contribute some ideas, and then uh, like rewrite his bass parts. Yeah, the sound hasn't ch- changed drastically or anything. Okay, yeah, I know that when when uh, with some bands, you know, you lose a member, or you replace a member, some you know you can tell. But yeah. if, if you guys are the two main songwriters, then that makes a lot of sense. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say our, our old bass player didn't really. Uh, he was not very interested in in the the writing process either. He just yeah, he didn't do anything. So it was just completely. Anything. It was those like one hundred percent Matt and I. Yeah, so it didn't, it didn't disrupt the flow at all. Yeah, losing, losing him. Yes, yeah, so Keegan's just like an addition rather than a change. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was like we got our first bass player when Keegan joined. <laughs> 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 so I'll, I'll tell you. Speaking of, of getting signed to the prosthetic, one of the things I love about. You, the, you guys is I went and checked out the roster on Prosthetic because I knew a few of them, uh, a few of the bands on, on the label, uh, Lamb of God and all. But everybody, when they have their their roster, you look at all the pictures and everybody's trying to look more intense than the band before them. And I see yeah. I see your picture and you guys are just sitting <laughs> at a diner eat, drinking a cup of coffee or something. Perfect. Yeah. And I love that. That, that was the my favorite photo of all of this is the best. That's, that's, Dude, that's that, the reaction. It really want. kind of, uh, that kind of sum, sums up, I think our approach to the band in general is mm-hmm. we don't want it to be like overly, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's fun. That's what we want the music to be is we want people to have fun and we want it, to, we want it to be known that we're just having fun. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really, that's really what that picture came from. Well, yeah. it definitely comes across in that picture because everybody is trying to look intent, arms folded and scowling, and yeah. you guys are just yeah, like, yeah, monochrome, and yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Or it's just their their logo, and and, yeah. and you don't get to see them having a cup of coffee. So, <laughs> I guess I was actually drinking a beer at like nine thirty in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that day it was fine. Looks, looks like a shit show. Yeah, that day. <laughs> yeah. Was, oh god, yeah. that day went to hell. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, Kirk. Now I, I have yes. a I have a question for you because. I love your vocals. Hey, I can see you guys. Yeah, hey. <laughs> um, I'm and I'm sure you've heard this about a thousand times, but uh-huh. when I hear the music and I hear you sing, it sounds like Roland Orzabal from Tears yeah. for Fears. Yeah, from Tears for Fears. <laughs> and that paired with the, the heaviness of the music is what really drew me in. It, I mean, it, it sounds like, like Devin Townsend Project being fronted by Roland Orzabal. Yeah, and yeah. that 
two of my favorites. So you guys, uh, yeah, same here. That's, <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily on purpose. Uh, but uh, when Matt and I were jamming and we started recording the first EP, we none of us wanted to do vocals. I'd never sang before. Oh, really? Matt, yeah, Matt couldn't sing. The bassist couldn't sing, and we all tried. Some vocals wasn't really working out. We uh, started auditioning people from fucking Craigslist again. Rappers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In it's going to be the subtitle of this show. Yeah, exactly. The band from Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. So I keep losing my train of thought. Uh, we auditioning. Yeah, started auditioning people, and everyone was just a. Uh, no one worked. Uh, I don't want to talk shit on them. Uh, right, but, right. I mean, there was some, there was some really bad ones, some that were, everyone was just fine, but it just, the, the singer makes such a huge difference in the way the music comes across Right. that even if someone's good, but they don't fit how you kind of want it to sound, it just doesn't work and it's not very fun to do. Well, I'm sure if, the, if you guys are writing the music and the lyrics, you have an idea of what you want the vocals to sound like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, the vocals are almost an afterthought. That's why on the EP, they're so buried and there's like 20 layers of my voice. Yeah. Uh, doing it just like well let's just put this we want vote we wanted vocals we didn't want to do an instrumental thing right and uh, so we just did whatever sounded cool by layering a ton of my voice and then the second album i started uh singing along to more cds in the car uh to try to like find my range okay that was comfortable at f- one of the first ones i did was uh baroness because their vocals are so simple yes yes i was like oh i could i could sing just like baroness so it started it's kind of like that, but I don't like doing growls or aggressive vocals. And then uh started, I was singing along to Tears for Fears. And I was like, dude, my voice fits perfectly with this guy. It was the exact same range. I could oh, sing wow. the whole Tears for Fears album effortlessly. Oh, man. So it wasn't really copying the sound. It's just It just so happens my voice sounds exactly like that. <laughs> fits within. Yeah. And because uh, I I it's not affected. I don't try and do a all right, now we're going to make it sound like an 80s thing of right. metal. But uh, <laughs> it's just my voice singing melodies just sounds like that. Now, but that's something that you guys have done in the past. With each of the albums, you have an element of something that is completely not metal. Something yeah. jazzy or pop, uh, like the song Cut. Um, yeah. And um, I'm trying to... It's escaping me. I have it on my notes here somewhere. <laughs> this song, the, 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 the first track of the of the of uh, King Radio. Oh, it's, it's over. It's yeah. yeah. You guys 
have this this in, always something interesting that doesn't sound anything like the rest of the song. Uh-huh. Like uh, cut starts off with this like interesting jazzy interlude, and then it just hits this this brutal drum, and and it's just it's amazing. It, I I love it. Is that are you guys trying to do something different? Or is that just something like, hey, let's just this is what I like. I, I've I've never heard these two things together. Let's throw it together. Uh, it's not. It's never like oh, let's throw these together. I mean, I, we all listen to a lot of different kinds of music. And I like whenever we're recording, I always kind of think of it as a. I don't know. I don't. I don't really. How do I articulate it? Is a. I write. I write and record at the same time. Okay. And so I always and I hate just. I don't want to make music just just to make music. I actually. It'd be way more fun just hang out with my friends, barbecue all day, and <laughs> drink beer, and uh, not even ever have to worry about music. So if I'm doing it, I just want it to sound interesting. So I just record things that sound super fun to me, and okay. then uh, we just get together and uh, like Matt and I'll bounce ideas off each other, just experimenting, dicking around with different things, different sounds. Well, and if I remember right, I think the thing from Cut. We didn't. You didn't intentionally write that for for the album. No, right? yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't write we, that for the he album. Just me and Kurt. Oh. I think we were hanging out, and he played it, and we yeah. just, we kind of laughed. We're like, "Damn, that's actually kind of kick ass." Because it's just like the <laughs> it's like that eighties like sounds like an eighties workout. Yes, song. That, oh, that's <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, up, little upbeat. Like, yeah. So he played that, and then for, somehow we just we, we just started talking about like, how are we gonna just, especially because it was our it was our label debut. So we we're like, how are we gonna throw, you know, people for a loop? You know, this is we're on a we're on a very very like really heavy metal based record label. Yes, and we we're like, how are we gonna throw people for a loop? And somehow we were kind of like, what if we start the album off? Yeah, with that weird '80s dance intro thing, and then people are going to be like, "What the hell is this band? Why are they on prosthetic? And yeah. What is yeah. what happening?" happening? Yeah. yeah, it's and then they get. I, I won't. Do, I won't make. I won't make too long of a story, but we opened for Napalm Death in in Europe, and that played. We were like, we were so excited to play that at a Napalm Death show. It was our intro to, it was the, our set. Intro to the set. So it was all these Napalm Death. Metal dudes ready to rock, yeah, and it just went. It just went. And you could see them looking around at each other, like you could tell from the stage the confusion happening. In the yeah. It was amazing. And, and I mean, luckily, luckily, they. I, I, I think. I think for the most part, people understood it and liked it. But yeah, you know, we sold merch. We sold merch. And there's people who. <laughs> that's how we judge if people liked it. Hey, we sold merch that night. Yeah. So hey. that was just kind of a little. That was a little short detour of that song and how kind of. How funny it's been, and how fun it's been to have on the record and, and to play live. Yeah. Well, it threw me for because I, I I'm trying to remember how I came. I think I was I I was on I think I was on Bandcamp, and I just hit in. I th- threw in like Devin Townsend project just to see what would come up that's similar. Because I was on a big Devin Townsend. Well, I'm always on a big Devin Townsend kick, but I was. Sure, doing, yeah. I just wanted to see if you know he hadn't released anything. Nothing was scheduled to be released. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood for something new. 
So I threw that in, and you guys came up. So I'm like, four-stroke Baron. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I hit cut. I'm like, what the fuck? This isn't Devin Townsend-esque <laughs> at all. What the hell is... And then like a minute and a half later, I'm like, okay, I get it now. I, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> and then, which, then I, I end up hitting here in Machine and Joy and Cyborg Part 2. And mm. Machine and Joy is like my favorite track. Uh, uh, nice. Hell yeah, dude. All, both your albums and the EP. I love that song. Yeah, that's a cool song. saw the, one of the, the videos that you guys did for Cyborg mm-hmm. and then uh, well the ones that have actual music videos the, that are the stop motion are Planet Silver Screen and uh, A Matter of Seconds. A Matter of Seconds. So <laughs> the stop motion stuff on that, that is amazing. It, it's like kind of like the Brothers Quay meets Celebrity Deathmatch. Um, yeah. yeah. I love it. How did, so how did you guys get the ideas for, for doing that? So Thomas Yagodinsky, the guy who made the videos, Oh yeah, Matt. Matt has the. Uh, we got some of the puppets. Oh we met no him way! On, uh, on our tour. last tour. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Because oh, yeah, he has to make new ones uh, next time he does. Oh, eyeballs falling out. <laughs> oh my god! Eyeballs falling out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's awesome! Huge. They're actually like twelve inches tall. Oh, yeah, the gosh. bears from the Madison Zoo are the size of my dogs. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So did, now is this something that you guys had this like the uh, general idea of the storyline for the video that you wanted to do, and and he. Jumped in with doing the the stop motion, or was it collaborative? It was a uh, collaborative. We, uh, I saw he made a Mastodon fan video in 2014. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> just just staring at me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, he made a Mastodon fan video in a uh, 2014. He just did it uh, on his own. Okay, and uh, it's the same like stop motion kind of thing jamming and i remember i saw that when it came out i was i would uh, post on the esp guitars forum okay and uh someone posted it there and i just remembered it's the only time i think in my adult life i've been blown away by a music video right uh, so then when we uh got asked we were told that we had we had to do a music video for the album that was the very first thing i thought of is like oh that guy does, does uh, did that mastodon video that'd be amazing if he could do a video for us. Oh yeah. And then I, none of us thought it was really going to work, but we emailed him. I don't know why. Like we just assumed, I don't know this guy, if he's that talented, he must be busy or yeah. you know, too good for us or I don't know. And, uh, he just got too much on his plate. He's not kind of cringed. We yeah. all kind of cringed at the thought of us being in a music video. Cause none of us, well, Keegan looks cool. Yeah. Me and Kirk, me and yeah. Kirk don't look cool. So we're like, damn, we can't, we're not going to like do a warehouse Jam video. Free, yeah. God damn. Smoke, Cause we're not metal looking guys. <laughs> we can't do that. We're yeah. not actors. We're not going to fucking, yeah. yeah. And, uh, cause so many music videos, most of them end up just cringy and stupid. And yep. So we just wanted to avoid that because I don't, I don't want to do something if it's cringy and stupid. There's yeah, no exactly. point. You want to uh, look back on it, you know, three albums from now and say, Hey, that, that's still a pretty damn cool video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it holds up. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. I don't see the point in doing something just because we feel like we have to, or we're told 
Like, oh, you got to make a music video. That's the yeah. whole reason of making music videos, that it looks good Eggs. and actually contributes something, not just do it just because so you can say you have one. So where do, where do people see videos now? I, I, I saw yours on uh, some article on Revolver. I saw uh, uh, mm. the Matter of Seconds. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember where I, I think I just looked it up on YouTube, uh, the Cyborg once. Yeah, so. you mostly have to rely on people sharing videos That's on YouTube. Yeah. That seems almost counterproductive to spend all that money making a video and then have to rely on other people pushing it around. That's yeah, how it works now, I guess. It's the nature <laughs> of it now, yeah, because yeah. there's no, like, MTV or there's no anything like that. So it's just – it's all pretty much YouTube. You put on, like, Facebook video too, but you don't really the, – the thing that's annoying is you never really know how many real people are seeing it because yeah. it always seems like it's just bots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you guys go about promoting the band? I mean, so you got the videos and all – are you playing out a lot, or uh, are you, you? I don't know. How the hell do you? How do you help people promote stuff now? Uh, I wish we knew. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, uh, like I'll I'll share it every now and then online, like when it's relevant. There's like that ESP guitar forum I used to post on. There's like a community of guys. Like I'll share it with them and just share. I how we got found in the first place by Prosthetic was uh, when we did the EP. Is I would just email it to musicians I liked. Okay. And I would just, just find like, a popular musician I like and be like, oh, hey, check this out. I'm like, a big fan of you. And this is our album. Kind of like how I get people on the podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's all, it's just emails now. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, so I just emailed to people and then a uh, Cloud Kicker shared it. Oh, okay. And that was the first time we actually got a bump in fans and people actually sharing it. Okay. And then, uh, so that's when, because before that, it was out for a few months. With literally, I think maybe two downloads. The the so first EP, my friends, saying. yeah, the EP. Uh, it just sat there and uh, didn't really do anything with it. And I'd email it to people, but it was just kind of just sitting there. And uh, it was finally in March, so we released the EP. I think January 2014. It was March or April 2014 when a uh, Cloud Kicker finally shared it, and then actually got a little chunk of downloads. It wasn't anything major, okay. but. Uh, it was just enough people and cloud kicker kind of has his own little community of listeners. Right. So then, uh, they got a dog looking at you. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's kind of how a little fan base started. And then when you release stuff, those fans will share things. Yeah. And it just kind of spirals out from there. I've been trying to, to share you guys with as many people that I know that are into this type of music. So dude, thank you. Oh, yeah, nice. Appreciate it. Hey, you, yeah. The the music is quality, man. It's awesome stuff. It's it, like I said before. It is literally the merging of two of my favorite bands of all time. So, yeah, it's, that's awesome. I, Dude, I, yes. So I love it. The music is pretty dense, and the last track, uh, you guys have uh, a saxophone solo. Mm, yeah. So that was yeah, Jorgen Munkeby. Yeah. So how did that happen? Uh, yeah. Emails, dude. It's all it's emails. all emails, man. Yeah. yeah. So I. Uh, so I this whole band is basically Craig listed up. emails. Yeah, Craigslist yeah. and emails. That's yeah, the, exactly. That's the secret to success. <laughs> uh, just ask. Yeah, just ask Jeff Bezos. Uh, <laughs> yes. no, so I, that was, uh, I think, my idea because we we had toyed around because with the label debut, we we're like, we gotta have something kind of like, I don't know, something kind of crazy on it or something like cool. Like we'd love to have some sort of like eye catching thing or a name attached to it. Yeah, and uh, right. we were trying to think of guest stars and stuff like that or guest people to solo and. Uh, you know, we were looking at guitar players. We were looking at um, keyboard players at one point. 
Yeah, we wanted someone who could like kind of shred. Yeah, n- none of us can really shred uh, enough to make it worth putting on an album. Really, actually, and what, you say you guys sound pretty damn proficient. Yeah, I mean, but it's like as far That's as a word. soloing, like uh, I wish, wish I can because like uh, like on King Radio we did it, but guitar solos aren't really a thing. Like I like to do. There's every now and then if I get in the mood, like that one in King Radio. Yeah, uh, that was kind of like we started the song. Like, dude, let's make. Like it started, it was gonna be like a ten minute guitar solo, and I was like, let's just like I hate doing guitar solos, but let's just like if we make a whole song the guitar solo, that'd be awesome. Okay. And, uh, and you get so that out, and you, out you don't system. have to do another one. Yeah, and then that ten minutes that turned in, I think it's like actually a five. It ends up being just Six like a minutes, yeah five minute yeah. solo, I think. Wow. And the solo itself is maybe just like three minutes. So you couldn't even do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't even do that. Yeah. yeah. God, you fucking failure. And, uh, <laughs> But after it was that was sort of the I think we had recorded almost everything at that point, and we wanted something that uh, we wanted a part on the album where someone was just shredding like, but we wanted it to like be unique and actually worth it and cool. Right. So most most people we thought about, even if they're really good, it was like eh, they wouldn't really like. It's still just like a guitar solo. Yeah, it wouldn't. Like, add, yeah. There's already guitars on the album. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have like this dramatic like entrance yeah. to speak, and it wouldn't add to the music. And like Jorgen, he's a uh, uh, he's just a really unique writer. Like, there's no one yeah. like okay. him. They can actually write those kind of solos or anything. So we just told him, like, dude, go crazy on it. Yeah. So I was I was the <laughs> one who was kind of like, what if? Because I've been a fan of Shining for like a decade or so, and Kirk has been a Shining, you know, fan of Shining for a while. And uh, I just was I, I just was listening to them. I was kind of like, I wonder what Jorgen's up to. And like on his website, there's just a form that's like, hey, do you want me to saxophone solo on your record? Like, hit me up. So yeah. I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wow, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he brought us to Europe with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. That, that was our uh, first our first official uh, band tour was in, in Europe. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so you guys, were you opening with for Shining? Shining? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, but it was a lot of fun. As, and was that for Planet Silver Screen then? I guess you, you just... Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I guess that would, yeah, guess, that would make sense. Uh, yeah. Their most recent one, Animal, came out about a month before Planet Silverscreen did. So this was like the second leg of their they, – they did two tours promoting Animal, so we got on the second leg of it, basically. Oh, nice, nice. So how do yeah. you guys go about recreating the density of the songs live? Or is that something you even worry about? Like, I, I mean, are you playing Video Maniacs live without the sax solo? That one we don't do, um, just because that is – there's a lot of – dual guitar parts and there's the obviously the sax solo yeah there's some synths but for most of the songs we can actually recreate it pretty well live like we've got some trickery that makes kirk sound like two guitarists instead of one okay um a little bit of backing track stuff like a couple back no no backing tracks during the it's just a couple intros like yeah intros okay exactly Uh, so there's no backing tracks playing while we play right right it's just uh like the 7th of july has a synth intro Mm mm-hmm uh, but we don't have like backing tracks going during any songs. Yeah, right. And we can recreate our vocal effects live, so all the like cool chorus and delay and all those things, they they come across live, uh, just like they do on the album. We're close enough to yeah. the album because everything on the album is just drums, bass, guitar. But there's like there's a lot of echo on things and reverb, right. and uh, so it's actually like pretty easy to dial in live. Oh, okay, well that's that's awesome. I mean, I, I'm hoping you guys tour around the, the East Coast, Mid-Atlantic area, like Virginia, D.C. area. Yeah, we're hoping to. Yeah. I'm, I would, I'm dying to see you guys live, but 
How does, we, got some live, we got some live videos on, online. I mean, it doesn't do it the justice of seeing it live, but I mean, they're, they're, they're circulating out there on YouTube. Yeah. I saw a couple of them, uh, as I was doing my research for this show and, uh, I, I was really impressed on how, how close you guys are to the album as far as Dude, thanks, the, the sound. So how did you guys, how did you come up with the name four stroke Baron? Yeah. Uh, so I was talking to a friend, Charles, we were texting. He, uh, he, I think he texted me like, "Hey, he was trying to come up with fake Judas Priest Judas Priest song titles," <laughs> and uh, him and I were just joking around, sending them back and forth. One of them I made up was Four Stroke Baron," and I I told him I was That's like, awesome. "Dude, I found the formula. It has to be has to have some kind of engine reference. So like <laughs> Four Stroke Four Stroke engine. Uh, it has to be vaguely medieval sounding." So like Baron, some kind of medieval reference. And then it also has to sound vaguely sexual. <laughs> so Four Stroke Baron is a, it's a fake Judas Priest song title. Man, well, you hit all the points, man. That, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's been, well, I told you when I was uh, – I, I played guitar a little bit. Uh, so I'll tell you, I was in a, a, a three-piece as well. Mm-hmm. We never played out because none of us had taken lessons and our drummer didn't have any cymbals. So – we never played out. We played in the in my buddy's basement a lot, and we did. We were trying to figure out a name just for the hell of it, just to have a name because we would do kind of like you guys. We would just kind of record shit as we were playing it. We uh, yeah, we sure. could we could never ever recreate anything that we played. We played it. It was like one and done. Yeah. None of us had any idea what the hell we were doing. Uh, so for some reason, this, this fake band we we wanted a name and we struggled for ever to find one. And I heard something on a TV show and it was a, a fake video game. And so that's how we came up with our name, which was super, oh, nice. which is super karate monkey death car. <laughs> so I'm throwing that out to everybody. You guys ever want to use that on anything? I, you have, you have the originator's so permission. The to, yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. Karate right, song about that. Super karate monkey death car. It's up for grabs. So I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly before we steal it so what do you what do you guys when you're touring do you have any, any anything weird ever happened i love to hear stories about just weird shit that goes on behind the scenes that most people don't get a chance to hear about yeah i mean it's it's, it's hard to a lot of it's inside jokes it's, that if we told uh, them no one would get it yeah it's, <laughs> we probably won't uh, the best one of the best one of the better ones though is keegan got left in poland that was fun. <laughs> That's that, that was fun. Yeah, he got he got abandoned, and my dumbass didn't realize it, and I should have because he was above me, and so we had bunks, right. and he was my he was my bunk mate, and he'll tell the story from his perspective. I'll tell it from mine. Oh please, please. So, so we were leaving, we were driving, driving. I was laying in my bunk, and me and Keegan had a conversation about how we got the worst bunk because we were at the bunk right at the stairs, so the lights always on, uh. and you can hear people getting up and down all through the night. And not only that, but our bunk was super squeaky. There was something in it that it was a like a joint that was just squeaking together. So all night long while you're driving, yeah, you would just hear beep, 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 beep. It was miserable. So the bus was driving and I was laying down and I was like, fuck it, I'm determined to get good sleep. I'm going to figure out what's squeaking. So I get up out of my bunk, open up Keegan's cur- curtain. I didn't even knock because I'm a fucking barbarian. I didn't knock on, my- I didn't knock on his curtain and he, and, he was, and he wasn't in there. 
Uh, so what I do, instead of going, oh, sh- oh shit, Keegan's not in there, I go, I'm going to figure out what the hell's squeaking. So I'm rummaging around in Keegan's bunk, and I can't figure out what's squeaking. And I'm like, what the hell, man? I, I want to get sleep. So I rummage around, rummage around, I go, well, whatever, I'm going to go pee. I'm gonna just going to put my headphones in and go to bed. So I walk downstairs, uh, say hi to everyone who's down there still. Still don't see Keegan and still don't think of anything. <laughs> go pee, walk back up to my bunk lay down, put in my headphones, open up my phone, and I have like four missed calls from Keegan. And because I'm the only one out of us because we're in, we're in Europe, so no one has phone service. I, I'm the only one because I bought a data plan. Oh. Keegan had like some sort of weird data plan that like was like a residual from I did the it last that day. Oh. It, was, it was like on a daily basis. Oh, he right, like, right, right. happened to do, so it, that happened to do it that day. Oh my and gosh. And I look at my phone and I go, four missed calls from Keegan? Holy shit. <laughs> We left them. So I call him back, and all I hear is, Matt, the bus left without me. You guys need to turn around. And my, my, only, my only response was, dude, they said we're too far gone, man. We can't turn around. You're going to have to find a ride. And he was like, very fucking funny, dude. And I was like, all right, man, I'll tell, I'll tell him we got to turn around. Click and told him we got to turn around. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so we had played this show in Poland. Uh, I think it was Warsaw. And uh, it was super. It was a super cool show, and the the venue was this. In, it was a really interesting um, layout as far as the entrance. So the entrance, was like, there was a courtyard, and so to get in the courtyard, it was a pretty tight fit. Um, like it was like a one car in out kind of thing. Okay. Um, and uh, these bus drivers, like Jesus, dude, they're incredibly good at what they do because yeah. they they managed to like back up a bus with a trailer. They managed to back the trailer into. The uh, the courtyard, leave it there, and then like the bus went off to wherever it parked. Wow! So at the end of the night, uh, you know, it's all like I was doing everything like that. So there, I'm watching them back the bus in to get the trailer to then head out, and I check my watch, and it's 1:45, and the bus call was 2 a.m. Okay. So I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. That's what I'm doing outside the bus, talking to her. Watching Mario and Andy do their thing while they're doing this, and this was like the fourth show in, I think at least. Yeah, so like, early. I like I in my head, I'm like, surely the bus drivers know who I am. <laughs> like I am, like I have a foot and a half long beard. Right. Like I'm pretty noticeable, like as a as a person, as an entity. Yeah. And so I'm like, surely they know that I'm on this bus. So I'm watching them like do their thing, and. Uh, they they managed to like I said incredible bus drivers they back in they hook up the trailer and they're starting to like pull out and I'm like ah like why are they like pulling out they've got the bus in like but there's like a cherry picker like cleaning shit off power lines it was like this weird thing so I'm like oh maybe they're trying to get in front of the cherry picker who knows so they like pull out of the courtyard and I'm just like walking behind them like because they're kind of going slow and they pull off to the side of the road I was like oh yeah that's that's what they're doing they were just getting ahead of the cherry picker whatever so then the bus starts to drive I'm like. Okay, like that spot was perfectly fine. Like, why would they keep driving? And then the bus starts like actually driving, and I'm like on the phone with my girlfriend. I'm like, babe, the bus is like leaving, and she's like, honey, they're not going to leave you. They're not going to. I'm like, no, the bus is the bus is like really going, and I'm like, fuck! And so I start like running. I'm like, fuck! So I'm like, start like sprinting like with this bus, and I manage, I like, I managed to get to. The front window, I can see both Mario and Andy, the bus drivers, and I can see them. I'm like yelling, like, wait, stop, wait, wait, wait. And then, like, the bus, like, starts slowly pulling away, and I'm like, dude, no, like, this can't, I cannot 
let this happen. Like I have to, and so I'm like, just like with all my might, I give it everything I have, and I get back up to there, and I can see, I can see the two of them. I'm like, stop, please, wait, no, 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 and then I just watch the bus like slowly pull away, and just oh. they're fucking gone. Oh my god! So it's at this point. So I like was sprinting. I was like at my, I'd done everything I could. So this is when I start calling Matt because he's the only one on the bus whose phone number I have. I think like the tour manager gave his number at one point, but I couldn't find it. And I was trying to do it as quick as I could. Oh. And uh, I call and he's not fucking answering. I'm like, dude, it's Matt, I swear to fucking God. And so finally answers like the fourth or fifth time or whatever. And I'm again, please. So they managed to, you know, obviously they came around and they got me. It was not they, – they weren't even like five minutes up the road or whatever. Oh, good. But the be, like the cherry on top of this story, in my opinion – so I get on the bus. And so there's there's a couple of reasons why this all happened. So remember I said I checked my phone at 145. Turns out my my watch had lost about 10 minutes. Oh, so wow. It was really 155, and the bus left on time. Oh, they didn't shit. leave early. And then Yoakum, oh. the tour manager, was like, yeah, I did a head count around like 145, but I just assumed it. Like, then you got off the bus after that. And so I didn't check right oh. after the bus left. Wow. So then I'm, uh, so I'm on there. I'm like, fuck, I'm just fucking exhausted. And so, uh, Jorgen from Shining, head guy from Shining, comes down and he's, and he says, uh, he's like, were you shouting? Or like, were you, were you, like, did, did something happen? I was like, yeah, I got left behind. He's like, were you shouting? Like, wait, stop, wait. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. Back. He's like, oh, I heard you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. Thanks. I guess Thanks. you didn't fucking <laughs> think to stop or anything. Didn't like tell anybody. He was just like, "Oh yeah, I heard you." I was like, "Yeah, awesome." Like, yeah, someone outside. Someone outside and like really needs our help. Uh, like, yeah, I heard. Yeah. See if he does your next sex solo. Yeah, <laughs> that'll teach him. Yeah, so that was that was definitely uh, a highlight from Europe. <laughs> And, that, and that, I think uh, I think Europe was also kind of a rare breed because it was uh, we were in a nightliner, so it was an eighteen person yeah. sleeper. It was us shining wow. in another band called Dream Archer. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty uh, we were pretty pampered on our first our first tour. We had the nightliner and a fridge and oh, wow. bathroom, and it was it yeah. was a it was a hotel. And it was, was a hotel. It was a beautiful bus, and mm-hmm. it, it was had light LED lights. So we could get hammered and turn on these LED lights yeah. with music on and scream at each other and whatever exactly. else we do and it was great i well then, i was uh, wondering because w- when you said uh you'd gone downstairs it's like yeah downstairs yeah, on double, the bus dual decker man yeah the double decker nightliner full-on rock star carriage oh man, man. man so we got kind of we got kind of we got kind of spoiled with our first tour and then this tour that we just did uh Slept in the car. Slept in the car. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was, you know, because you, you you tell people that you're in a band and you're and you, you've gone on tour, and I think I think people from outside of the music who who are within the mu- people outside of like the music realm, they think they hear touring band, they automatically assume that's your that's your existence, it's, right? Is the is the tour bus and and the comfy sleep luxury, and in and in reality, you're trying to <laughs> squeeze three grown men into a, the back of a Yukon, yeah. and Kurt's getting night terrors, and Keegan's <laughs> snoring, and I'm farting, and we're gross, <laughs> and we stink, and we don't shower. You're driving a and bunch. Like I, I never felt older than on tour. Like my ankles started swelling <laughs> like a grandma, and I was just like, oh god. And then, uh, so I guess one of the this isn't really a, a super funny story, but it's it's kind of entertaining. We we slept at a Walmart parking lot, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> 
we got we got comfortable. We we reclined all the seats. We we did we did our whole entire getting ourselves ready for bed. And I've noticed I think it was our first time trying to sleep in the car. First time yeah. trying to sleep in the car ever. Okay. So this was this wasn't even on this wasn't even on a tour. This was like we had a show in California, and this was our this was like our first our first uh, experience with gig. being on the road. Okay. So it was in it was in Fresno, I think. And we found a we found a random Walmart. And we're like, all right, let's this is it. We're gonna we're gonna sleep in the car and we're gonna see how it goes. So we get all comfortable, we get the entire sleeping situation set up, and I just hear <laughs> I was like, I stood up and I was like, You guys hear that? I'm like, yeah. I was like, what the hell is that? So apparently it was just some homeless guy tweaking out of his mind screaming at himself in the Walmart parking lot. Oh Three to five seconds. And and so, you know, the normal person would be like, well, why don't you guys move? And I was like, it's such a pain in the ass to set up the car. Yeah. That we had the whole car set up. It takes like 20 minutes. And finding a spot, too. And finding yeah. a it's spot. pretty late at night, too. So we were like, all right, he can't, he can't keep it up forever. Like, we'll just laugh at him for a little bit, and right. then we'll go to bed. So it's probably like 1 o'clock or so when we're sleeping and we hear him. And... 45 minutes later, he's still doing it. I was like, yeah, just screaming at himself. So I, put, I, I put my head in because I, I have trouble sleeping. I think they might be asleep by this point. I don't I know. I, I think I made it. Yeah, but, I so I put my headphones in and I'm trying to sleep. And I, I think I sleep for a little bit. And I wake up and I take my headphones out. And I wait for a minute. I go, all right, thank God the, guy, the guy's done. So I put all my, my stuff away and I roll over. Start to close my eyes and I just hear. <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts screaming at himself again. Oh my god! I was like, what the hell is happening? So all night long, we just heard this crazy ass guy screaming at himself. And as soon as the sun started coming up, there was like one ray of light, and he just turned into dust and disappeared. <laughs> yeah. He did not scream. He did not scream another time. As soon as a little, a little yeah. ray of light Glimmer. came up through the sky. He didn't scream one more time, but we had to get up and get ready to leave in like three hours to go to the next place. Oh my god! You're like, well. The entire night. Sleep is not time. It's like a homeless guy who's scared of the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Get off of it. That's hilarious. All right, hey, Keegan, I got a question for you. What are you drinking? Mm. Uh, right now, drinking Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Mm. It's their seasonal. Nice. That's not. But I'm not a big IPA fan, but I do like that one. My I'm, man, a I'm, mild, I'm a mild beer snob. This was like... To be honest, I bought this knowing that Matt wouldn't drink it out of the fridge. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's Coors Light or nothing for me. Oh, hey, see, I was. Yeah. I just finished up my the six, my first six of the season of Matt Elf. So. Oh, nice. Oh, wait, is that uh, Trogues? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the honey and cherry seasonal thing that they do. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds so, kind of good. <laughs> oh yeah, right now I'm on vodka, sure. so. Oh, there you, yeah, go. there you go. Are you a fan of mead by chance? Yes, I am. Do we so I think a fan of most things with alcohol ours, in it. Yeah, a friend of ours, uh, one of the guys we just toured with um, from Stellar Circuits. So we had a signature mead actually, based on have still we still oh, have wow we have one bottle, but it might be sold out now. He bought the so our friend said he bought the last two. Oh, so I, saw in, I saw that. I saw that in uh, the uh, kind of somewhat documentary that you guys did. Oh, the bass playthrough? Well, I did a bass playthrough and I guzzled it. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we, uh, yes, yeah, so we had our own signature mead. I, it might still be, there might still be some around, but he claims he bought the last two. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's based on a matter of seconds. So it was our, delicious too. Dude, oh, it's so delicious. I haven't had mead in ages. And so it's from Brimming Horn. So if you ever need to look up some good mead, like check out Brimming Horn. It's amazing. I, mead is normally really gross to me, but this tastes like grape juice. 
Oh, really? Alcoholic yeah. Welch's, and it was delicious. It's technically it was raspberry with uh, black currant and hops was like the intent of it. Uh, right. So it's like a little tart, but it wasn't ever like puckeringly so, and it's like a little sweet, but never cloyingly so. Like it's a, it was a nice balance, and we we they sent us a ton of it to sell, <laughs> and we drank about maybe a third <laughs> or half of it like on our own. Like we just fucking we went. It to was cabin. tasty. Hey, well, you know it's we, good. Well, we could sell this or we could drink it. Nah, I just drink, drink it, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that sounds like it's right up my alley because I like Gosa's. I love the sour beers. Mm, sure, yeah. That's what, yeah. So, fancy of sour. Of, you know, these two will drink yard beer or they'll drink like sours. Yeah. Like, that's the two that the things will have. Yeah, it's like Miller Lite or sour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like two There's ex- no in between either. Yeah. Oh, Miller man. Lite, Coors Light, yeah. or a fancy ass sour. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Butt chug. <laughs> so, it, <laughs> all right. So, if if anybody's interested in the mead besides me or buying your stuff, where can people find the albums? Um, where can they find out when you're touring and when you're playing? Most back alleys. All right. Most back alleys. Yeah. Craigslist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have we have a website. Uh, this is fourstrokebaron.com. Uh, all of our merch is on there. Uh, whenever we have shows or tours, uh, all the tour dates get posted on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, th- I just, uh, Prosthetic Records website uh, as well. Um, and then all the usual stuff we have, all the social media stuff, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all for Stoke Baron. For Stoke Baron. There's, yeah. no, there's no secret acronyms or fucking abbreviations or anything like that. Yeah. No weird it's, underscores. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. If you I just Google her name, you can find yeah, pretty yeah. much anything you're looking for. Not a whole else. Not much else pops up when I Googled Four Stroke Baron. So right, it's true. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, that and like a porn said. site was about it. Yeah, nice. porn, uh, pornhub.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Channel. Uh, and then yeah, like Keegan said, the 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 meat is at BrimminghornMeadery.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get it from the meadery. The yep. meadery. Yeah, that, I, I, the, is that the technical term? A meadery. Yeah, yeah. Learn that. <laughs> All right, I need to learn something learn new something today. New every day. Are you guys uh, working on some new music? Yes, we're uh, so we're for 2019. We're working on some covers, and it's not oh, the it's not the typical. We'll keep it shrouded in suspense, but it's going to be kick ass. It's going to be amazing. Like we picked those the perfect songs in a. There's like a lot of choice in them. Like I really thought about which songs we do. Okay. Uh, and it's nothing super obvious, like because we want to avoid the usual, like oh, it sounds like a covers album or a uh, or a. Uh, it's going to be a very four stroke Baron album. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's going to sound like a four stroke Baron album, but just like our take on just, some. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just not our songs. songs, technically. Yeah, it's going to be like started. a. Is it going to be oh, like a ahead. full length? No, it'll be about four or five songs. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and then yeah, we have started writing for the next album too. We have a bunch of ideas. Uh, nothing like solid or recorded it's basically just a bunch of ideas and we wrote them all down and you know found uh found our best our favorites that we liked i think we end up i think we have like 40 different ideas right now yeah oh wow uh, nice. uh, things we want to do and uh, uh where we kind of want this album to go so we're 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 in the infant stages of, of writing the next yeah. album mm-hmm. that's awesome well keep up the uh the jazzercise intros because that i love that <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, all right. Well, so, you keep it up because then it becomes expected. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, uh, all right. What, else, what? So, what's something different you could do? Not 
eighties. What would be the difference? Of, what's what's the opposite of jazzercise? Uh, it's a uh, I don't know bluegrassercise. Yeah. Oh, bluegrass intro. That would be amazing. <laughs> bluegrass intro drinking yard beer. It would always oh, have, like, yeah. like stuff like the intro is always just kind of pops up. Like I'm always recording things, and like sometimes make a little like weird idea that's not even like oh this is gonna be four stroke Marin. It'll just be some stupid weird little <laughs> cool sounding thing, and then uh, sometimes we'll listen to it and be like wait holy shit this could be kind of cool for. The intro to an album or song or something, right? So some, something will happen. That's There's, it's a, some something's awaiting. I don't even know what yet. Yeah, we're not we're not great songwriters. Things just happen by accident. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Everything that has happened to Porcelain Grand by accident. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, you're not forcing it, so that's right. That's the beautiful exactly. part of it. So all right. So so on this covers album, any uh, Phil Collins era Genesis stuff coming out? No. There's so uh, the songs. Yeah. It's a uh, uh, we want to do Prince. Uh, we'll give you the bands, not the specific songs we're thinking. All right, I'm, we're I'm, gonna do a Prince. Uh, gonna do Death Grips. Wow. Gonna do a Red Rider, Lunatic Fringe. We'll give you that one. That one's obvious. Oh, cool! Like only good Red Rider song. <laughs> and then, uh, God, I already forgot the other one. Oh, oh. Tones on Tail. Oh yeah, Tones on Tail. Uh, I don't even. I don't know that one at all. Yeah, it's like an old one. And then uh, that's. Check, check out the song uh, "Burning Skies." Okay, is uh because that that song like sounds pretty four stroke barony. All right, and then okay. uh, we're thinking of doing a post Malone cover if we can swing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, we have awesome. It, it'll be interesting because it's we're not trying to do like the gimmicky like oh this is a funny cover. Yeah, or, so like, I'm gonna be like oh it's a metal cover. Yeah, dude. or it's just at like the same song but with his vocals over it. Like yeah. we want it to be very four stroke barony. Four stroke barony. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Man. When do you guys think you might be torn again? And you think you might be coming to the East Coast at all? Because I'm dying to see you guys live. You're you're in, always invited. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime you want to show up. Yeah. And we don't have anything planned. I mean, we're always trying. We're the working thing, on stuff right now. The thing with tours is uh, they're booked so far in advance, and they're so hard to get that you're kind of always trying. Yeah. And then you don't really know about something <laughs> – it's announced pretty quickly. It's not like you have a tour planned like next year and we're waiting to announce it kind of. Okay. I mean, it sort of happened with the last one. It was like, a, oh, I think we waited maybe a month or something, a couple weeks. Something like that. But, yeah. uh, we but do have, it's, we're always, always trying. So And we do have a but, couple leads. I mean, nothing solid, nothing that we could even announce to say right. that it's going to happen. We have yeah. we have a couple a couple things that are in the works that mm-hmm. could potentially happen, which could be could be pretty awesome and, yeah. and lead us over to that side of the other country. Yeah. We're pretty much constantly talking to other bands, like saying like, Oh, when you guys plan to tour next, let's do something emails. Yeah. Emails. Yeah, it's just emails. Yeah. It's just <laughs> again, always. Cause we, uh, we really want, um, we really, we'd really rather be an opening band for a, a much bigger band and kind of like broaden our audience, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the band that we just went to with stellar circuits, like they're also like a fairly small band like us. And so it works to do like a cool co-headlining thing. We got to switch off every night. And yeah. Like it was good to turn out. And it was good turnouts to be great, honest. Great guys. Um, and yeah, we yeah, love those dudes. And, uh, but we like our preference would be since, especially since we're going into kind of the writing recording phase to, we're going to focus on that for now. And if we can get approached or we can find the right tour to do like, yeah, we'll, we'll, happily consider or jump on it but we're, for right now i think we've sort of we can take a bit of a breather because we just you know ran through the, that tour a couple weeks ago and yeah focus on the writing recording aspect well 
I'm looking forward to hearing the covers, any the new stuff that you guys come out, and uh, I'm gonna, I will definitely be keeping an eye on the website and social media for any tour announcements because, I, like I said, you guys are my favorite discovery of the past year, and nice, I'm awesome. thank you, man, dying to see you guys live. Killer, dude. appreciate it, man. Appreciate that. Okay, yeah, dude. Thank you guys so much for coming on, man. I've kept you guys a while. I really do appreciate you spending so much time with me. Man. Yeah, yeah no, thank you. Appreciate you. you. Appreciate you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.